Please take your Bibles at this time and turn with me to the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth in the Old Testament. Uh, you'll find it on page 258 in your pew Bibles. And uh, we are continuing uh, in our series of famous mothers from the Bible for Mother's Day. And, uh, you know, we, we come back to this each year around this time. And uh, over the past several years, we've been working our way chronologically forward through the Bible through each of the more well-known mothers uh, in the Bible. And uh, as I like to say with each one of these messages, even though these messages are about mothers and they're mostly directed towards mothers, because they deal with basic biblical principles, uh, they apply to all of us here today. Whether you're a mother or father, sister, brother, daughter, or son, as we study each of these mothers, as we learn Uh, How God worked in their lives, we also learn how God works in our lives as well. And so today we're going to be looking at the life of Naomi uh, from the book of Ruth. Naomi, the restored mother. We're going to be looking at a number of uh, passages from Ruth Ruth chapters 1 through 4, all the way through the book of Ruth. But as we get started, I'm just going to read chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Please stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Ruth chapter 1, verses 3 through five. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malan and Kilian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Well, dear Lord, as we look deep into Naomi's life and her story as recorded for us in Scripture, uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to learn from her life uh, just how much you love us, how much you care for us, and how you are working in our lives to help us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. You know, usually when we open up the book of Ruth, we think about... Ruth, right? You know, it makes sense. Ruth's story is a major focus of the book, and of course the book is named after Ruth. But in many ways, the whole book of Ruth is about Naomi as well. In fact, the the book both begins and ends with Naomi. It begins with Naomi even before you get to Ruth. It ends with Naomi uh, after speaking about Ruth. And Ruth's and Naomi's lives are so intertwined that you cannot tell one of their stories without the other. And Naomi's story this morning is an especially beautiful one as we see how God tenderly restores her after a season of great sorrow in her life. You know, at one point in her story, Naomi complains that she went away full, but she came back empty. But then we get to see how God fills her life once again. And so Naomi is an example for us of the restored mother, the restored mother. And her story teaches us valuable lessons of how we should respond when we go through difficult times in our lives, but it's also a message of hope. God restored the losses in Naomi's life, and you can trust God to restore the losses in your life as well. Uh, There's an outline in your worship guide this morning if you'd like to take that out to follow along the different points we'll be looking at. 
but as we get started this morning, I want to share with you three things to remember when life seems to turn against you, and then we'll move on to the other points in the message as well. But when life seems to turn against you, three things to remember. First of all, know that this life is brief and uncertain. Know that life is brief and uncertain. Look at verses 1 through 5 now where we find the beginning of Naomi's story. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malan and Kilian. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. Ruth. And after they had lived there about ten years, both Malan and Kilian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. And so our, our whole story begins this morning with a series of losses that Naomi experienced in her life. First, there was the famine in Israel. And then as a result of the famine, Naomi was forced to leave her hometown of Bethlehem to move to a foreign land. And then while she was in Moab, she, she loses her husband. And then her sons marry Moabite women. And then after 10 years, her sons also die. Uh, leaving Naomi alone in a foreign land without her two sons, without her husband. When life seems to turn against you, it is good to remember that life is brief and uncertain. James chapter 4, verse 14 says this. It says, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while, and then vanishes. Life is short for all of us compared to eternity. And you never know what a day will bring forth. God is good and He brings so many blessings into our lives. But don't pack too much of your hopes and expectations into this life. This world cannot sustain that kind of hope. Put your hope in the Lord alone. Know that this life is brief and uncertain, but then also know that God will give you the help that you need. So jump ahead now to verses 14 through 18 in chapter 1. Orpah, that's one of her daughters-in-law, Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her. She stopped urging her. So Naomi hears that the famine is over. She prepares to return to her homeland of Judah. And she encourages her two daughters-in-law. She says, stay here. 
You're not going to find any husbands in, in Israel. Stay here where you can find husbands. And so Orpah agrees, and she returns to her people, to her gods. But Ruth, Ruth insists on going with Naomi. And God has his plans for Ruth as well, as we'll see. But God knew that Naomi needed Ruth. And he opened Ruth's heart towards Naomi and her people and her God. You know, we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Now, usually we read that verse and we apply it to temptations, right? And, and rightly so. It's about temptations. But it also, we don't always know this, it also refers to the trials that you go through in life. This verse is also saying this, God is faithful and he will not let you be tried beyond what you can bear. God gave Naomi what she needed to make it through her trial. And God will give you what you need as well. And then it is important to know that God is in control of your situation. Look at verses 19 through 21 with me now. So the two women went on until they came to to Bethlehem. And when they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. And so Naomi and Ruth, they arrived back in Bethlehem. The women said, could this be Naomi after all these years? She says, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. The name Naomi means pleasant. The name Mara means bitter. She says, call me Mara because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. Now, it's unclear from our text whether Naomi is trusting God through this trial or blaming God for her trial. But either way, it's very clear she attributes what is happening in her life to God. She knows that God is in control of her situation. Now, of course, it's better for us when we're going through trials. It's better for you to trust God than to blame God, right? It's much better to trust God. Job, in the Old Testament, Job is our ultimate example of this, trusting God in times of trial. When Job experienced severe loss in his life, what did he say? He fell to the ground in worship and said, naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Job recognized that God was sovereign, that he was in control, and he gave praise to God. Later he told his wife, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? So this is our first point this morning. When life seems to turn against you, Three things you need to remember are know that this life is brief and uncertain. Know that God will give you the help that you need. Know that God is in control of your situation. 
And then next, this is our second point, trust God to provide. Trust God. Don't blame God. Trust God to provide. And now we pick up Naomi's story in Ruth chapter 2, and we see three things in particular here. That God will take care of the details, that God will reward every good deed, and that we should praise God for His provision when it comes. Let's take a look at all three of these. First of all, you can trust God to provide. Why? Because God will take care of the details. That's what He does. He's a God of the details. Look at verses 1 through 8 now, Ruth chapter 2. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech. That's her husband, so he's related to her husband. A man of standing whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. And as it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, this man who was from the clan of Elimelech. And just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they called back. Boaz asked the foreman of his harvesters, whose young woman is that? And the foreman replied, she is the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the field and has worked steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. I want you to notice something here. I want you to notice how as Ruth and Naomi come back uh, to Bethlehem, how God immediately begins to take care of the details in Naomi's life. Naomi just happens to have a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing, that means a man of power and wealth and influence in the community, named Boaz. It's also harvest time. Ruth volunteers to go in the fields to pick up any leftover grain. It shows you how poor they are. They don't have a lot of food even, and she does that. And she just happens to start working out of all of the fields. She starts working in one of the fields owned by Boaz. And then Boaz, who has lots of fields, just happens to arrive at this field and notice her as she's working. Now, you and I know this, of course. None of this is coincidence, right? God is sovereign, and He is taking care of the details in order to restore Naomi's life. Proverbs 16, 9 says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. What's that saying? Go ahead, make your plans. You can make your plans, right? But God is sovereign. God is in, God is in charge, and you can trust God to provide because God will take care of the details. And then the Bible also tells us that God will reward every good deed. And there's a little bit longer section, but let me read to you now from verses 8 through 16 as we see what happens here. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in, a, in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I've told the men not to touch you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. And at this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? And Boaz replied, I've been told, 
all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of her husband. How you left your father and your mother and your homeland. How you came to live with the people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You've given me comfort. You've spoken kindly to your servant. Though I do not have the standing of even one of your servant girls. And then at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here, have some bread, dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men, even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather, pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them on the ground for her to pick up. And don't rebuke her. And so what do we see here? Boaz not only notices Ruth working in his fields, he approaches her. He speaks kindly to her. He tells her to, 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 to stay with his own servant girls. He puts her under his protection. He gives her special privileges. He allows her to drink from the men's water jars when she's thirsty. He feeds her at mealtime. He tells the men to pull out extra stalks of grain from the bundles. For her to find and pick up. And when Ruth asked her, he goes, asked her, why? Why are you being so kind to me? I'm a foreigner. Boaz says, it's because of what you did for Naomi. It's because of what you did for Naomi that God is rewarding you. You know, we sometimes focus so much on salvation by grace. And we should focus on that, okay? It's a very important biblical teaching. We're not saved by works. We're saved by faith in Christ alone, by grace alone. But we sometimes focus so much on salvation by grace that we forget that God also rewards good deeds. Yes, you are saved by faith, not by works, but that does not mean that God does not also recognize and reward the good that you do. Galatians 6, 9 says this, let us not become weary in doing good. Why? For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And you might wonder, well, why does God reward good deeds? Well, the Bible says simply because it's the right thing to do. When somebody does something good, you should reward that. And God always does what is right and just. That's why we read in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, God is not unjust. Okay, he's not unjust, therefore he will not forget your work and the love you've shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. And so you trust God to provide, and then when God does provide, make sure that you praise him for his provision. Pick up the story now in verse 17 to 20. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. And her mother-in-law asked her, where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He, and I believe she's speaking to the Lord here, the Lord has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. And then she added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our kinsmen 
redeemers. A kinsman redeemer was a, a, a close relative who would step in uh, when, when a husband died and help to provide for the family. When God provides for you, thank Him for His provision, and especially His provision for you through Jesus. God has begun now to restore Naomi's life. When Naomi learns all that Boaz has done for her and for Ruth, she blesses Boaz and she praises God for His provision. She also notes that Boaz is one of their kinsmen redeemers. This is a foreshadowing of God's provision for us in Christ. For Christ is our kinsman redeemer. He fulfills uh, the, the kinsman redeemers of the Old Testament. So when God provides for you, what do you do? You thank Him for His provision, but especially for His provision for you through Jesus. Romans 8 verses 31 and 32 says this, If God is for us, Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, Jesus, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? And so as a Christian, it is important to remember that even when life seems against you, God is not against you. God is for you. And if God is for you, you are going to be okay. When life seems to turn against you, trust God to provide. And then here's our third point now. And then act wisely. Act wisely. There's two ways in particular we learn to act wisely from Naomi's story here now in Ruth chapter 3. First of all, don't be passive. Okay? Don't be passive. Do what you can do. Okay, let's look at it now. Ruth chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. One day, Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to Ruth, My daughter, should I not try to find a home for you where you'll be well provided for? Is not Boaz, with whose servant girls you've been, a kinsman of ours? Tonight, he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash and perfume yourself. Put on your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. Now, this part of the passage sounds strange to us. We're not used to the customs of those days. But be assured, nothing untoward is happening here. Uh, Everything is on the level. Naomi does not take God's provision for granted. But what does she do? Instead of sitting back, she acts. She acts wisely. She suspects Boaz may be attracted to Ruth, but she also knows that Boaz would never dream of asking Ruth to marry him because she's so much younger than him. And so here she instructs Ruth on how to present herself humbly and modestly to Boaz so that Boaz will understand that she is asking for his protection in marriage. Ruth does everything her mother-in-law tells her. And we didn't read this part of the story, but Boaz determines that he's going to do it. He's going to fulfill his role as kinsman redeemer. He will marry Ruth. God is providing for Naomi, but instead of sitting back and remaining passive, what does Naomi do? She takes action. She does what she can do. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 19 says this, So then, 
those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator. That's trusting God to provide, right? And continue to do good. That's being active and not being passive. If you're going through a difficult time, stop and ask yourself, what are some things that I can do? What can I do in this situation? There's always something you can do. With God's help, you can always at least do good, right? Trust God to do what only He can do. But then make sure that you are doing what you can do as well. And then the second part of acting wisely here is to be sure that you maintain an attitude of faith and expectation. Look at verses 16 through 18 now. An attitude of faith and expectation. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, How did it go, my daughter? And then she told her everything Boaz had done for her. You know, he said, Yes, I'm going to take care of you. Yes, I'm, I'm going to, there's another kinsman redeemer. I've got to take care of that first. But, you know, so he to, she told her all that. And then she added, He gave me these six measures of barley, saying, Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. And then Naomi said, and here the story just sort of picks up its pace. It starts rushing forward. She goes, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. And so when Ruth tells Naomi everything that Boaz has done for her, Naomi adopts an attitude of faith and expectation. She knows Boaz still needs to deal with this obstacle of another kinsman redeemer who is more closely related than he is, but Naomi is confident God has started this. God is going to continue to provide the answer for her request. She says, you just wait, Ruth. You watch what's going to happen. He's he's not going to wait till the day is out. He's going to settle this. God is on the move. And Naomi has faith and expectation. We read in Psalm chapter 5, verse 3, this beautiful prayer from David. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you, and I wait in expectation. Folks, that is the right attitude to have when you bring your requests to God. That is a wise attitude to have when you bring your requests to God. And so if you want to act wisely when you're going through a time of trial or loss, remember these two things in particular. Don't be passive. Do what you can do. And maintain an attitude of faith and expectation. When life seems to turn against you, trust God to provide, act wisely, and then finally our fourth point, wait for God's restoration. That's what we learn from Naomi's life in Ruth chapter 4. Two important lessons from Naomi's life in this chapter. First of all, God has promised that He will meet all of your needs. What a wonderful promise. God has promised to meet all of your needs. Look at verses 13 through 17 with me now, Ruth chapter 4. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. Then he went to her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord who who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, And who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child. She laid him in her lap and cared for him. And the woman living there said, Naomi has a son. So Boaz settles everything with the other kinsman redeemer. He takes Ruth as his wife. She gives birth to a son. The women give praise to God 
And they tell Naomi, God has provided for you too. And we have this beautiful scene where she takes the child on her lap. Naomi has a son. Yeah, it's Ruth's baby. We know that, right? But can you see what God has done for Naomi here as well? Naomi lost everything. But through Boaz and Ruth, God has restored her. She went away full. She came back empty. And now God has made her full once again. And we have this beautiful tender scene as Naomi takes her grandson onto her lap and cares for him. It is such a beautiful picture of God's restoration in Naomi's life. We read in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, wonderful promise. My God will meet all your needs, not some of them. My God will meet all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And that is a promise that you can cling to when you are going through times of suffering or loss. And then finally, finally, know that God is always fulfilling His larger plan through Jesus. This is so important. Look at the end of verse 17 now. It's talking about uh, Ruth's uh, boy. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. And so there's a plot twist at the end of the book of Ruth. I mean, who saw this coming, right? None of us, unless you've read the book before. Plot twist. We learn that Boaz, the kinsman redeemer, is in the family line leading up to King David. Boaz becomes the father of Obed. Obed becomes the father of Jesse. Jesse becomes the father of David. That makes Ruth David's great-grandmother. And Naomi, through her uh, mother-in-law relationship with Ruth, the great-great-grandmother. And you know what this means? It means that God was working on far more than just restoring Naomi's life this whole time. Yes, he was working on that. Yes, that was important also. But he had something much bigger going on. He was also continuing the birth line that would go through King David leading up to the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior for the whole world. You know, we read from Ephesians chapter 1 earlier in the service. Let me just read verses 9 and 10 again says this, God made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment. Okay, here's what God's working on. To bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. And so people, God is working on one giant restoration project, okay? One as big as this world, as big as the universe. And so you and I, we're just one small part of that, right? We're not an unimportant part. Yes, we're, we're, we're important. We're, you know, Naomi was important to God. You're important to God. But we're a small part nonetheless. God is always fulfilling his larger plan through Jesus. And you and I, we are privileged to be part of God's magnificent, sovereign, overarching plan to bring all things together in Christ. And so what do we learn from Naomi's life in the book of Ruth? You can trust God. 
You can trust God to restore the losses in your life. God is sovereign. God is in control. God will give you the help that you need. Now, did you know that you can take the four main points of your outline today and you can string them together into a single sentence that sums up our whole message today? Watch how this works. When life seems to turn against you, trust God to provide, act wisely, and wait for God's restoration. That's it. That's our whole message today in a nutshell. It's right there. When life seems to turn against you, what do you do? Trust God to provide, act wisely, wait for God's restoration. You can trust God through even the most severe losses in your life. Why? Because God will take care of the details and God will reward your every good deed. So don't be passive, but act wisely. Do what you can do. Maintain an attitude of faith and expectation because God has promised to meet all your needs through Jesus' Son and He is always fulfilling his larger plan through Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Well, dear Lord, we thank you for the beautiful story of Naomi this morning. We usually think of Ruth when we look at the book of Ruth. But I thank you for Naomi's story because her story is our story. We've all experienced times of trial and loss. Uh, We've all experienced those times of going from full to empty. Lord, how we need you to fill our lives once again. Lord, there may be people in this room right now who are in the empty stage. Uh, They've experienced the losses and they are still waiting on your restoration. Lord, I pray that Naomi's story would be an encouragement to them today to know that just as you got Naomi to the other side, Lord, you're going to get us to the other side as well. Thank you for the things we've learned that we can do, but mostly the lesson that we can trust you to restore our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.